Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about everyday mysticism, how we can experience the mystical nature of life as it is. But before we get into all that, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being and all that that entails, you can do that at theinfinitesparkofbeing.com where you can find a link to the donation page where you can pledge either $1 or $5 a month um, or a one-time donation through Venmo. Uh, There's also a link to the bookstore where you can buy one of the two Infinite Spark of Being books, or if you already have those, there's a link to the shop where you can purchase t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and art prints. Also, if you're in the South Florida area, I teach every other Saturday evening uh, from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Metaphysical Healing Institute of Palm Beach in Lantana. So that means that the next class will be on January 1st, New Year's Day. So if you're around, come see us. Uh, There'll be more on that on the Instagram page. So here we are, Everyday Mysticism, experiencing the mystical nature of life as it is. Let's get started. So let's start off once again by defining a few words. Uh, First, let's look at the definition of the word mystical. Mystical means relating to mystics or religious mysticism, inspiring a sense of spiritual mystery, awe, and fascination. Spiritual means relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to Material or physical things relating to religion or religious belief. Uh, Religion means the belief in and the worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. Uh, The word personal, uh, just to be thorough, means um, of affecting or belonging to a particular person rather than anyone else. So this opens up the definition of religion as it mentions personal God or gods. And finally, a mystic is a person who seeks by contemplation and self-surrender to obtain unity with or absorption into absorption <laughs> into the deity or the absolute. Uh, or who believes in the spiritual apprehension of truths that are beyond the intellect. So this is going to set our guidelines when it comes to understanding what's mystical. The reason I take the time to define these things is because of my belief in the collective unconscious. I believe that we are all plugged into uh, this type of cloud storage or hive mind. So it's important to use words that that unconscious or collective subconscious understands as Western English-speaking folks. So this, of course, throws a bit of a wrench into any postmodernism, and when it comes to postmodernism, I'm not necessarily against it, but uh, things tend to fall apart and fold in on themselves when we don't have an agreement as to what's what, right? 
and we see it a lot in this movement as it tends to unravel into bickering and fighting. Uh, and when you mention that to one of these folks, their response is usually something along the lines of, if you just fall in line, this wouldn't happen, which of course is not very postmodernist um, of them. So you see what I mean. So anyway, uh, it's my belief that life as a human being is inherently mystical and deeply spiritual. Um, I don't recall being anything else, so I won't speak to it, other than that one time I may or may not have believed that for a moment I had swapped sight or consciousness with a buzzard. So that's a different episode. But when we look at the Vedic model of soul, subtle body, material body, and we understand the nature of the subtle body being something that transmigrates from birth to birth with the soul, then we start to look at this a bit differently. We start to see that the mind is a spiritual component. It travels with the soul. The body doesn't travel with the soul. The mind is a spiritual component because it travels with the soul. Again, the word spiritual means relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. The soul is certainly not material nor physical and neither is the mind. So we see that the mind is spiritual in nature as it is associated very closely with soul. Remember, the mind is how we as souls are experiencing this birth. I'll say it again, the mind is how the soul experiences this birth. So I'm gonna describe the mind as being split into two or us having two minds, so to speak. The subconscious mind and the conscious mind. We've all heard me talk about these things in every episode, but today we're gonna take a bit deeper we're going to look at them a bit deeper and we're going to go into maybe the more mystical nature of these things. So life unfolds to us or for us, depending on how you'd like to perceive it, uh, through the subconscious mind. This is related to the soul, again, as the subtle body, right? And this subtle body is our karma, karma being our subconscious mind's attraction and aversion. That's karma. The subconscious mind is how we see the world. It's how we experience the world, whether it's people, places, or things. That's the culprit, the subconscious. Um, bodily death is bodily death, but we all experience it differently, right? We all experience physical pain differently. We all experience the various trials and tribulations of life differently. In fact, some don't see these trials and tribulations that way at all. Often, when one person sees hardship, another person sees an opportunity or a chance for growth. Now, I'd like to think that I'm one of those people. Um, has it always been that way? Absolutely not. Are there times now when I feel less than skillful when it comes to handling some of the bullshit of the day? Of course. There's always going to be something that kind of trips us up. That's part of the game. However, I will say this. I notice that now when things become complicated in my life, my mind is quick to shift positions and change perspective. 
um, a better thought or opinion comes to the surface or shows up in the algorithm of the mind a bit faster than it used to. That's part of the default mode network of the brain. That's one of those benefits of the meditation practice. The default mode network doesn't get as fired up as it used to. Um, and by the way, real quick, the default mode network, when it's really charged up and firing, prevents us from stepping outside of our learned perspective or our habitual way of viewing things. People believe that if, if the ego was like a gland in the brain, it would live there. So the meditative practice uh, tones down the default mode network. This all trains the subconscious mind, our karma, our subtle body, to produce new thoughts. Neville Goddard would say, we use the subconscious mind, I'm sorry, we use the conscious mind rather to impress new ideas into the subconscious. And we'll get more into that later. Now, I've worked very hard with my subconscious to perceive life differently, to have a different experience of life as a human being, or to see it as a more spiritual or mystical thing, to have a more spiritual or mystical experience. In that way, I guess that kind of qualifies me as a mystic. Um, <laughs> I've worked with my subconscious mind to, um, instead of seeing the world as stimuli that are just flying at me and need to be dealt with, instead, I see it as a field of potential opportunity. The mystical belief, I guess, would be that I believe that at the root, we are all plugged into source. We are all God. And in that way, we can work with the subconscious mind to unfold life differently in front of us, to show us a life different than the one we were programmed or brought up to see, uh, to have a different experience of life than we've had previously. And uh, that isn't, and it, that's, that's what we're all trying to get out of this, right? Whether it's curiosity or pain, we want to change it. And at some point, it becomes play. We begin to play with life and uh, playing with the mind. And I believe that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm into playing with the way my mind works and how my life happens. So how do we do it? How do we change it? We change the subconscious mind with the conscious mind, right? The conscious mind is a tool for impressing new ideas into the subconscious mind, as Neville Goddard would say. Remember, the subconscious mind is the operating system. It is how we view the world. And the conscious mind elaborates on our experiences and it uses fantasy and imagination to do that. Remember, we are experiencing the world through the subconscious mind, which then gets elaborated on by the conscious mind. So something happens, an event takes place, and the conscious mind steps in and begins elaborating on it. That elaboration is a series of habitual thoughts, things like, this always happens to me. People can't be trusted. This is hard and I'll never be good at it. This kind of stuff. All these thoughts, they're all habits. They're patterns. It's just the way the mind has produced those thoughts. And uh, what do these habitual thoughts and habitual elaborations result in? They result in the subconscious mind continuing to show you the world through this particular lens. I hope this is making sense. So 
What needs to happen is that we begin to use the imagination and fantasy feature of the conscious mind to describe the world differently to ourselves or more accurately, the subconscious mind. Um, and a lot of these things will feel false and incongruent at first, but that's just because you have a habit of doing it the other way. For instance, saying, um, this is horrible and it always happens to me. That feels more congruent and true because it's a habit, not because it's true, right? So this is the basis. Um, this is the basis for all magical or spiritual rituals. Uh, we do these rituals, we say these prayers or mantras with a certain amount of belief. Remember, belief is a non-quantifiable thought exercise. It can't be proven, but that doesn't stop people from benefiting from the belief, right? Uh, we believe that the rituals, prayers, and mantras will change the landscape. We will begin to look for these things to happen or the opportunity for them to happen. That's because we believe in them. This is what is meant by saying reality is a field of pure potentiality. Now, you can come at me with all sorts of, yeah, but what about this and what about that? And you're welcome to it, but just know that I don't need truth to make something real to me, nor do I need truth to begin seeing the opportunity for certain things to happen in my life. And thank God I don't need your truth to begin experiencing shifts in my reality. Think about it. Um, you have a perception of the world. You believe that you decided this perception based on what you feel is evidence. However, someone comes along and they see the entire thing differently. Where you see a messy situation, they see possibility. Where you see pain, they see growth. Why is that? Because you and this person have different perceptions, and perception is a way of regarding, understanding, and interpreting something, none of which are objectively real. So if I want my subconscious mind to show me a different reality, I need to begin using my conscious mind to put new ideas into the subconscious, and what is required is a philosophical shift in the way I view the world in the way I view myself in the world. And again, um, a lot of these new philosophical points of view might seem untrue or incongruent. You might feel them in your body. For instance, if you have this narrative about how you're inadequate, then saying that you are fully adequate and complete will feel weird in your body. You might experience a tightness like you're lying. Well, that tightness um, and that true or false feeling is just a habit. We feel things habitually. Something like being afraid of the ocean might be a habit. I see it all the time with clients. They're afraid of the ocean. Then we get them out there and we get them calm and then they end up loving it and they want more of it. That fear of that thing was a habit and it's no longer there. Um, at one point in my life, I had a poor perception of myself. I would make a lot of self-deprecating jokes. In fact, I still do at times. But one day it got pointed out to me. Why would my subconscious mind produce any other thought 
if all I was doing was taking every possible opportunity to make self-deprecating remarks about myself. It reminds me of the time I asked a client what they learned this week, and he said, I learned that my subconscious doesn't have a sense of humor. It thinks I'm serious when I make fun of myself. And that reminded me of the Neville Goddard quote, the subconscious mind does not care about the truth or falsity of your feeling. It accepts as true that which you feel to be true. That is a powerful thing to contemplate. You know, we want to go to all the yoga classes, singing bowl, whatever's, and walk around with a pocket full of crystals, but we still but we still reinforce this shit narrative we have about who we are, what we are, what the world is, and what our place in this world is. This is the subtle body, the mind. The mind travels from birth to birth, and it unfolds each birth according to your karma, your mind's attractions and aversions. Remember, this present moment is the result of the previous present moment. This present moment, the perception you have of this moment, is the result of the perception you had in the previous present moment. So this idea of changing our experience as it unfolds through the subconscious by using the conscious mind requires a few things. Um, It requires belief, uh, it requires persistent conscious effort, and it requires space. And of these things, belief is going to be the most important because belief will feed into the persistent conscious effort that is going to be required to create space. So, um, so belief is the conscious mind. Why? Because imagination and fantasy are the features of the conscious mind. And that's what's what, that's what belief requires. It requires imagination. Now, some of you are going to take that sideways and that's good. Take your beliefs, prove them, make them an, make them an objective truth. Make them a provable fact. Be done with it. However, I have a sneaking suspicion that you're going to have trouble doing that. And this need that you might have to take something that is subjective reality and make it an objective reality is going to create a lot of suffering for you. So take my advice. Let it go. Relax. Know that it's just imagination and it can still improve your life and have fun with it. There's no need to crucify yourself over it. Pun intended. So the belief in possibility is going to be crucial. Something that always gets said when doing this sort of work is you must kill the doubt. Doubt must die. In order for belief to work, there can't be doubt. Next would be space. And we obtain that space through meditation. Um, Something that gets overlooked whether it comes to uh, spiritual practice, religion, magic, or the occult, is meditation. Meditation is not a method of relaxation as much as it is a method of creating space between stimulus and response. And that's what's necessary. All of these disciplines incorporate, when you dig down into them and you don't just skirt the edges on YouTube, you find out that there is a meditative practice. So think of it as creating space between the subconscious and at times the conscious patterns of the mind and responses that we give. Whether our response to a situation is physical, verbal, or simply in the mind, there must be space. 
space to do or think something different, space to replace the same old unskillful thoughts and judgments generated by the conscious mind with a more skillful conscious thought. And when we do this uh, with persistent conscious effort, we begin to impress new thought patterns into the subconscious. We begin to reprogram the subconscious mind. We change our subconscious mind's algorithm. Always remember, the subconscious mind has an algorithm just like social media. If you want to understand how the mind produces phenomena, pay attention to how your Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook feeds produce things for you to look at. It's the same thing. And that'll give you some insight into how sensitive this thing can actually get. So just to recap, the subconscious mind is the lens through which we view reality. The conscious mind functions habitually as a mechanism that elaborates on the reality that the subconscious mind is showing us. Or you could say that the conscious mind works to either clear or reinforce our karma. We work through all of this with the belief that it is possible to experience the world differently than we are currently experiencing it. Then through persistent conscious effort, we create space to then inform the subconscious mind differently. The mind is how we as souls are experiencing this birth. I'll say it a third time. The mind is how the soul experiences this birth, this plane, this planet. So if we want a different experience, we have to work with the mind. The mind is our experience. The mind is mystical in nature, spiritual in nature, and completely tied to the soul. So that's it for everyday mysticism and how we can, you know, experience the mystical nature of life as it is through working with the with the mind. Remember, Buddha believed that we can get liberated now, that we can do it ourselves now in this life. He didn't believe that we needed to wait. We didn't need to reincarnate um get our great reward whatever. Now, what liberation looks like I think is going to be different for all of us, but I do believe it is something to play with. Be playful with this stuff. There is no punishment at the end of this. There's no, it, it, it just is, okay? You can play with this. Don't be afraid. I hope this was helpful. I hope that you found this beneficial. And as usual, if you have questions, comments, suggestions, please feel free to reach out. I'll always respond. And as I mentioned before, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being and all of its facets, please do that at theinfinitesparkofbeing.com where you can find a donation link for either a monthly donation or a one-time donation, as well as links to the books and other merch like t-shirts, tank tops, posters, yada, yada. And as usual, don't forget, you can always reach out and talk to me. We're old friends. Don't be weird about it. 